Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Radical. Fundamental Principles of Freedom. Rational self-interest and individual rights. This is the Yaron Brook Show. All right, everybody, welcome to Yaron Brook Show on this uh, Sunday evening. I hope everybody's having a fantastic weekend. Don't forget, for some of you at least, tomorrow is a holiday. I know that's not universal, but it is Juneteenth or something like that. I can't pronounce anything, so I certainly can't pronounce this holiday. Um, and uh, yeah, at least it's a federal holiday, if not for most of us. All right, so today we've got a bit of an eclectic show. We're going to cover a, a bunch of different things. And yes, Ali, I, I do have, I do have your um, your show, uh, your question from um, yesterday, right here uh, in front of me. So I will get to it when we get to the questions. Uh, it'll be the first question up. Well, unless somebody puts in 100 bucks or 50 bucks, those always get priority. Um, as always, uh, we have a $650 goal, so don't, don't forget that, guys. Uh, you can use the Super Chat to ask questions. You can use uh, stickers to just support the show. Um, uh, however you want to support the show is good, value for value. If you're enjoying the show, if you're learning something, or if you just find it entertaining or enjoyable, um, uh, of some value, you obviously hear so many of you over and over again, then um, uh, please consider uh, dropping in a, um, a contribution of support. All right, so today we're going to cover, we're, we're going to talk about um, uh, Kennedy, uh, Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr., and uh, his appearance on Rogan and uh, other appearances, but just generally running for president. He also did the Elon Musk thing on um, on Twitter. Um, so, so we've got we, we're going to talk about him, and uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, him. But then we'll also talk about again. God, we'll talk about uh, COVID vaccines because. Somebody sent in me a couple of questions with a contribution on PayPal, so I promise to answer those questions. So those will be up first. We'll talk about, uh, so the first question he asked, or one of the questions he asked was about the vaccine, so we'll talk about COVID vaccines. I want to I just lay out how I think about this and how I think people should think about it. And, um, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, we, sh- you know, and... Uh, we can see where that takes it. I, again, I know a lot of you will disagree, hate me, whatever. Um, but we will do COVID vaccines. And then 
then there's a, somebody else sent me uh, 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 somebody else sent me a video about Texas, and so we're going to cover that video. We're not actually going to watch the video. It's a 30 minute video. I don't think we have to watch it. I'll give you the highlights of it, and uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about Texas as a state, uh, what it's like, um, uh, pluses, a few minuses, and um, and so on. So we'll definitely we'll definitely cover that. Um, and then we've got the other question that the guy who sent me two questions had, uh, and um, uh, and this is Jim Jim DeWild. He sent me the happiness. Uh, this is about happiness. So we'll talk about happiness studies, why some places are happy, why other places are not, uh, and um, and and yeah, everything associated with that. Why are you know blue states more happy than red states, or, or, or why are Scandinavian countries more happy than Americans. So we'll talk about happiness studies a little bit, um, and um, yeah, then then we'll go from there. Um, so uh, uh, that is a lot. That should be a lot to cover, um, but it should be entertaining, right? I'm here to entertain and educate and uh, elucidate and everything else. All right, so so let's start with um, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. I was going to do a whole show on Robert F. Kennedy um, as a presidential candidate. I want to do one show on DeSantis. I want to do a show on, on a number of the leading candidates uh, as we progress through this. But, you know, everything hit the fan over the last, I don't know, 48 hours, 24 hours um, over, over, you know, uh, um, Kennedy's appearance on Joe Rogan. Um, and, uh, and then uh, this uh, scientist... Claim that what uh, you know RFK was saying was complete nonsense, and then um, and then uh, Rogan Rogan uh, uh, challenged this scientist to come on, to, uh, this doctor to come on the show, and debate RFK, and he offered him a hundred thousand dollars to his favorite charity. Uh, the scientist said, "No, I, I don't debate kooky conspiracy theorists." Lots of other people chimed in, uh, and and the the uh, the the amount of money to uh, debate RFK is now, I think, at $1.5 million. Uh, so, there, so a number of different people have, have, have put their money together um, uh, to uh, encourage this uh, debate on, on uh, Joe Rogan's show. So then there's a whole discussion going on. And, uh, is it this guy's uh, responsibility, moral duty, in a sense, to... Uh, to do the debate because he said that RFK is full of it. So is he then, is he required to defend himself, uh, you, you know, for $1.5 million? Sounds pretty appealing. He's saying, no, this is not what I do. Um, uh, RFK is wrong, but I'm not going to get into a, a public debate on him. He's basically not worth it. Um, uh, so that's what it is. Twitter is all over the place with this. Uh, and uh, and all over with uh, all over with it in terms of uh, uh, in terms of um, uh, RFK in terms of his claims uh, vaccines uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into all of that uh, Wi-Fi and and uh, and 5G you should probably all shut down your Wi-Fi networks right now because it's melting your brain and and 5G is doing all kinds of awful things to you so so beware. Um, and and Rogan, uh, Rogan actually um, Googled this while the show was going on and found a website that happened to be run by people friendly to RFK um, uh, that confirmed all of uh, the worst fears about Wi-Fi and 5G. God, I've heard that cell phone, 
cell phones melt your brain since the invention of cell phones since since the since the when was that uh, it must be the late well i would be exposed to cell phone the late 90s early 2000 early 2000s uh, no early 90s what am i talking about uh, mid 90s mid 90s early 2000s from the day cell phones were invented they were going to fry your brain and they were going to kill you and you were going to get brain cancer and brain cancer rates have skyrocketed since then right no they haven't but anyway um so RFK Jr. is um, is running for president. He has significant support from Democrats. Um, uh, if he goes up against uh, Biden, he would probably have 20 to 30 percent today um, of the vote. He is good looking. He is charismatic. He is, after all, a Kennedy. Um, and uh, and he has some uh, some real, you know, real uh, gravitas, I guess, uh, because of that. Um, he also is a conventional leftist, um, so he ticks all the boxes, or many of the boxes, not all the boxes, for kind of a, a, a left of center, not a wacky, uh, 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 you know, uh, woke, because uh, RFK is actually pretty good on, on free speech, he's, he's pretty good on, on the whole trans issue, he's pretty good on uh, some of the woke issues, um, but he's a, he's a left of center, on economic issues, he's way left of center, a Democrat. So that's the context, right? Here's, here's, a, here's a guy who believes that we should not drill. We should stop fracking. Uh, we need more regulations of oil and gas. No offshore drilling. No Alaska drilling. We should subsidize as much as we can um, uh, windmills and uh, solar panels. He wants to uh, no nuclear, no nuclear. All in solar, wind, and all the unreliables, as Alex Epstein says. Um, ban plastics. Ban plastics. Wow. I mean, imagine life without plastics. I think I don't think you can because I don't think you realize how dependent your life is on plastics. So uh, let's start with who this guy is. This guy is a rabid environmentalist, has been for decades well-known in the environmentalist movement. He is anti-everything, including nuclear. Um, he is also um, leftist when it comes to education. He is anti-school choice. He is for common core. He is for forgiving student loans. He's actually for the government actually paying for everybody to go uh, to college for four years. Right. He's uh, sympathetic to Russia. He believes mass shootings are caused by Prozac. Uh, so the drug, drug industry and drug companies are basically responsible for mass shootings. And he thinks Wi-Fi and, uh, and, gen- and 5G networks are destroying your brain and 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 frying you uh, uh generally so here's a guy we haven't even gotten vaccines here's a guy who on every important issue pretty much oh i forgot i forgot a big one he he believes in single-payer health care although he also thinks you should be able to buy private insurance on top of it if you want but he believes in socialized medicine um he believes in he's, he's a huge supporter of obamacare uh he'd actually expand obamacare again single-payer um, so on every major issue, every major issue, 
this guy, at least from my perspective, from my values and from the things I and many of you, I think most of you believe in, um, you know, think he's bad. Right? Think he's bad. He's worse than Biden on almost all of these. Um, I mean, I think, I think Biden mouths a lot of these things, but this guy has the credentials. He actually is an environmentalist in a way I don't think Biden really is. Right. Yes, he's pro-Israel, he's pro a few things, but not too much, not too much pro-Israel. Um, and yeah, I'm not saying he doesn't have anything good. He's, he's pro-gay uh, marriage, he's pro-abortion, he's pro-gays adopting, he's pro a lot of, on the social issues, many of the social issues, he's actually pretty good. He's, he's good on, on trans, you know, he's good on a lot of these things. I think he's pro-Israel. Maybe he's not, right? I, I mean, I, I didn't look into his Israel credentials. But on the things that relate to what we would consider scientific issues, certainly economic issues, health care issues, this guy is the worst. He debated Alex Epstein, and he was terrible, awful, horrible. Alex, I think, ran circles around him. So... He's a person who I don't believe has credibility on anything. Like if Joe Biden came out tomorrow and said X, Y, Z regarding science or health care, you should exercise more, you should eat sugar, you should eat fat, I don't know, whatever. You would go, like, who's Joe Biden? You know, Joe Biden's like a loser. Why would I trust him on anything that has to do with science? And you can't. Here's a guy who has crusaded on environmental issues, where he's wrong on all of them. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And and not just wrong factually, I think morally, in morally offensive ways, he's a huge advocate for, in a sense, stopping civilization in the name of climate change. Now, he, of course, he would never say that, but that's the implication. And he knows that's the implication. He's smart. He's not an idiot. So, why does anybody on, quote, outside, why does anybody who's skeptical about all these environmental stuff, why is anybody skeptical about single payer or any of the rest of it, enthusiastic about his anti-vaccine position? I have no idea. It makes no sense to me. Typically... Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With somebody with this kind of resume speaks 
I think it's 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 fair to just dismiss him. He's wrong on so many things. On so many things. And on so many things related to science and application of policy. Then Yeah. And so <laughs> why would you believe him on something that's related to science and policy? I don't. So one way to evaluate a claim is to evaluate the person making it. This guy has no credibility. Zero. When when I uh, when I um, you know criticized him on a tweet, somebody said, "Yeah, are you a doctor, Iran?" And I'm like, "Is RFK a doctor?" No. So yeah, this guy is horrific. He's a horrific because he's much worse than Biden on every important issue, and he's a kook when it comes to. Vaccines and 3G and Wi-Fi and health policy and all this other stuff. So on the, on, on, the, on the normal issues, he's worse than Biden. And, and then he is a complete nutcase on other things. Now, I'm not going to refute all his claims about uh, childhood vaccinations. Because others have done it on Twitter far better than I could ever do. And I encourage you to go check them out. There's a guy named Bad Stats who's taken issue by issue, linked to articles that refute this stuff. This stuff is just plain false. Now, I did a little, I just did a little, a little, you know, I, I like numbers. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a stat guy. I, I, I like a little bit of empirics. I, I haven't done anything deep. So I just wanted to get a... Eyeball, eyeball what's going on, right? So uh, uh, RFK is, is big on vax autism. Vax, have, uh, the, the percentage of the population that's being vaccinated has gone up. Autism has gone up, right? I, I saw somebody, um, you know, uh, the stock market's gone up. Autism has gone up. Uh, lots of things have gone up. Autism has gone up. You can find lots of correlations. Correlation is not causation, he throws these facts around. I mean, he is caught constantly on so many lies. So many lies. Just factual stuff that he doesn't know what he's talking about. But he throws it out. See, he's, he's a good debater. He's a good speaker. He's a good interviewer. Because he says it with confidence. So who's going to question him? Rogan? Rogan's too ignorant to question. She just throws them out. Bam, bam, bam. Half of them are not true. Just factually, just plainly not true. So yes, the rise in vaccination rates and the rise in autism are highly correlated. So are a lot of things correlated with rising autism. But then I looked, I said, okay, let's look around the world and let's see countries that have relatively low vaccination rates, do they also have relatively low autism rates? Just a quick overview, like didn't spend a lot of time on it. Just clicked on a few countries based on their vaccination rates and based on their autism rates. Doesn't seem like there's a relationship, just casually. 
countries that have low vaccination rates, high autism rates, countries with relatively high vaccination rates, relatively low autism rates. Autism rates are high everywhere in the world right now. Everywhere in the world right now. Even in Africa, autism rate in a place like Nigeria, autism rates are high. It's a problem, and we don't know what's causing it. Something's going on with autism. Something is increasing the rate of autism. But study after study after study have looked at the issue of vaccines. I mean, we're talking about children here. And, and I know, I know you think there is a big conspiracy and every pediatric doctor in the world doesn't give a shit about children, about little babies. And he's happy to vaccinate them even though he knows that these vaccines are going to cause autism. And just because he's such a mindless nobody, right? All these doctors, it's not mindless nobodies. And what they're doing is they're just vaccinating these kids because they don't care. You know, our, our, our entire uh, profession of doctors is, is inhabited by psychopaths. And most of you who have no degree, well, I'm not talking about you specifically, most of the people out there who, who follow, who have no medical degree, zero knowledge of medicine, don't know statistics very well, because statistics is hard. I, I explained this over and over again during COVID, how hard it is. Some idiot, like RFK, comes out and says this stuff, and yeah, sounds reasonable, all right, cool. And all those doctors, they're just part of the establishment. They're just doctors. Insane. It's insane that this guy's taken seriously. It's insane that people like Rogan give him a platform. It's insane that 20 to 30 percent of the Democratic Party wants to vote for him. It's insane that many Republicans want to vote for him. To hell with his environmentalism. To hell with single payer and his support for Obamacare. He's anti-vax. Yay! And, and it, it's, again, it's not just anti-vax. You have to look at the whole body of work. 5G, Wi-Fi. I mean, the guy's a kook. And, and you don't need a lot to do this. Again, Bad Stats has a great thread on Twitter uh, debunking him or linking uh, to different places that debunk him. Um, there are articles out there that, that debunk these, uh, these studies. The fact that, uh, you know, he cites, he says, oh, this study shows X. And then you actually go read the study and it doesn't show X at all. It doesn't, all the, all the claims that he's making are just not true. They're just not true. He's just lying. And most of us are not going to go into articles and check, but I do sometimes. And these guys just lie. They make stuff up. Or they're too stupid to be able to read a scientific journal and figure out what it actually says. You know, he takes, generally he takes correlations in observational studies with no controls. And he takes that correlation as evidence of causation. He ignores, completely ignores, any study that shows that the claims are wrong. Or, if he doesn't ignore it, he just says it's a fraudulent study. It doesn't count. It's fraud. Now, a lot of studies are bad studies. A lot of studies are really, really bad. But it takes real work to discover that. 
I mean, uh, one of the things I really admire about, uh, uh, what was his name, uh, uh, Scott Alexander, um, Astro Codex something, um, whose uh, substack I've, I've often recommended on the show, is when, when ivermectin was debated, he took all the studies, analyzed them one by one. This one's good, this one's bad, this one's okay, this one's mediocre. He weighted them. And then he made a decision based on the actual evidence presented in the study. And then he said, ivermectin, most likely, with a high probability, does not work. But he didn't just say, oh, those studies are fought. He actually presented detailed analysis. How many people out there, I mean, so, so for, for, for Astrocodex, whatever, it took, it took Astrocodex 10, thank you, Astrocodex 10, it took painstaking work, I mean days of work, to analyze the study, come to conclusion about them, put it all into a, po- in a, into a post, and, and weight them, and then, and then come to a conclusion. How many people, how many people? Uh, yeah, so many, uh, Michael says so many studies are flawed. Absolutely. But it takes real work to figure out which ones are flawed and which ones are not. How many people actually do that work before coming to conclusions? So many people do not. So many people do not. They don't do the work. They just come to conclusions without the work. And given RFK's history on environmental issues, on climate change issues, on his lack of ability to think and and to deal with information that he, he, he was reflected in his debate with Alex, do you really think he did the work with vaccines? No way. No way. Now, some people might have done the work. I'm not saying the work hasn't been done. But him? No way. If you actually look at the studies he mentions, it's, it's unbelievable how he misrepresents this. I've talked about this in the COVID vaccines. Every time somebody tweets me, look at this study. It proves COVID vaccines are killing people. I go read the study, and it doesn't prove that at all. And actually, it, it, it contradicts the conclusions of the authors. And, the, and I can look at the numbers, and it doesn't prove what the person is stating at all. And this is common. Complicated studies, you link to them. You say, this is what the study shows. And then you assume the 99% of your audience is not going to actually link, click on the study. And even if they do click on the study, how many of them understand the study, can actually analyze the statistics, and actually see what's actually going on? They just believe you. You, you, you cited a study. You've got a citation. You must be right. The fact that you're completely perverting and distorting the citation. So you can go on and on and on. You can read all this stuff. Uh, again, um, I, I encourage you. I mean, this was a funny one, right? So, so he claims that remdesivir, remdesivir, something like that, right? This is a drug that was used during COVID. Um, he says it kills 53% of Ebola patients. Um, and that it's only, it's, it's the psychopaths of the CDC, because they're psychopaths, because they're crazy, whereas he's completely sane, uh, allowed to give it to COVID patients when it was killing 53% of people who had Ebola. Now, this is so stupid. Right? Ebola is so deadly. The people who died, they were given remedsphere, 
died from the Ebola. 53% of people died from Ebola. This was a trial. It turns out, turns out, Remetsphere is not effective against Ebola. So they died of Ebola. They didn't die from the Remetsphere. It turns out it's not probably not very effective against COVID either. But they tried. He cherry-picks the correlations. He cherry-picks the studies. He misinterprets them. He abuses the science of statistics, and he abuses the science. He abuses science, period. And this guy is taken seriously by serious people? Um, Another guy who I recommend reading um, also on Twitter, The Real Truther. Also has a good, um, a good um, a stream, a, a good series of tweets um, that deals with. Um, actually, he produ- they actually produced a video um, that that's on his Twitter feed that actually deals with just taking argument after argument and after argument that RFK makes and showing that it's complete BS, complete BS. So RFK is full of it. He's an idiot. But he's worse than an idiot because he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's one of these people that has built his career on a lie. He's built his fame on lying. He's built in fame, his fame on, on scaring people to death, particularly parents. He's built his fame on perpetuating uh, absurd conspiracy theories. Uh, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He is not qualified. Um, anyway, uh, so RFK, the only thing to do with him is to dismiss him and to dismiss everything he says. He's useless. What about... What about COVID-19 and excess deaths? So I have this question from, and this is, of course, a big issue for RFK, but I've got this question from, uh, from, uh, um, from my listener, Jim, uh, Jim Wilde. He says he's a long-time objectivist, and he has a few questions for me. And one of them is, uh, you know, he says uh, uh, he's always been concerned about COVID mRNA vaccines, for they have uh, never been serially tested on humans. That's just not true. Um, and had never been tested on long-term effects. No drug is really tested on long-term effects. If you think about years and decades, there'd be no drugs on the market if they were tested on that. Indeed, no treatment is really tested on long-term effects. Uh, You'd have no innovation if you waited until long-term effects 
to raise up. Um, and, and so he's very suspicious of the uncanny uh, number of people in my direct environment experience grave side effects, including death within weeks, and in some cases, hours after getting the COVID jab. jab. An interesting fact, nobody in my extended environment, I know a lot of people, has died following a COVID vaccine. Nobody. I mean, nobody has even got really bad um, side effects from the COVID vaccine. In my, ex- I know a lot of people. I travel a lot around the world. I meet a lot of people. Nobody. Now, I don't know if that's just me. That's something unique. I don't know. But we've all been vaccinated, and nobody that I know of has had any serious side effects. Not saying that some people don't get serious side effects. Nobody that I know has died. Nobody. But I keep meeting people who say, oh, I know a lot of people. And I wonder if you actually made a list and of, of the people they actually know, if they named them and everything, how many they really are. Anyway, he says, never having trusted big government or its corporatist cronies and big pharma. Do you mean these corporate cronyists that constantly produce drugs that save the lives of millions of people around the world? Um, whose vaccines have saved the lives of hundreds of millions of people around the world over the last, you know, 70, 80 years or whatever? That big pharma? And also, of course, remember mRNA vaccines? Uh, what is the relation between mRNA vaccines and, ph- and big pharma? Well, Pfizer, okay, Pfizer. But, but Pfizer didn't really develop the mRNA vaccine. Who, who developed the mRNA vaccine? Anybody know? I mean, two companies. Moderna and uh, what was it called? Um, I had it on the tip of my tongue a second ago. Uh, BioNTech. BioNTech. Is BioNTech big pharma? BioNTech big pharma? No, BioNTech is a small biotech company. It was a small, made a lot of money, but it was a small biotech company out of Germany run by two uh, Turkish immigrants. Right? Um, that's big pharma? Uh, what about, uh, what about um, Moderna? Moderna was a startup with really no product, no real revenue. Big Pharma? Wasn't Big Pharma? So, uh, COVID, COVID-19 vaccine was not produced by Big Pharma, other than Pfizer, who teamed up with BioNTech, but the real science was BioNTech's, not Big Pharma's. Anyway, don't trust Big Pharma, don't trust the CDC, um, concerted media, censorship, Facebook and other media, and all of that. Fauci and the rest of the government here in a board, spoken one voice, added to the famous actors, doctors, da 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 da. And then he gives me a million links to all the stuff, uh, all the people who, who think that uh, COVID vaccines are bad for you. Well, bad for you and uh, kill you, basically. Kill you. Excess deaths have increased because of COVID vaccines. All right, so. Uh, let me let me say for the I don't know how manyth time that I believe that all that stuff, all those links, all those doctors, um, you know uh, uh, John Campbell and uh, and and everybody else uh, and, and a bunch of uh, others, I don't know Olson and and, and there's a, there's a bunch of them that have made now a career. They've made gazillions of dollars the, the former New York Times writer, Berenson, I think. Who've made millions of dollars um, on, uh, on on this lie about COVID nineteen, about the vaccines? Um, I don't believe a word they say. I don't trust anything they do. 
Um, again, I have watched their videos. Every time I've looked at the data, every time I've taken one of their claims and actually gone into the papers and looked at their data, they're lying or they're deceiving or they're misrepresenting. They're just wrong. Now, I can't do that for every claim they make. I can't do that for every single paper. I can't do that because they can arbitrarily make claims ad infinitum. But after a few, after you discover somebody's wrong one, two, three times, I don't have to trust them anymore. If you discover I'm wrong and I won't admit it and so on, and I keep pushing the same line, but I'm blatantly wrong three times, stop listening to my show. Scott is not going, okay, I have to, I have to stop. <laughs> but why do you listen? If somebody's unreliable, why listen? Why take him seriously? I can't take any of these people seriously. And I don't. Again, not randomly, but because I've tried. That, so that's one. First, if you have the statistical knowledge, if you can read a scientific paper, at least somewhat. I, I'm, I'm not pretending that I know this inside out. I don't. But I can read a paper. I can read the conclusions up to a point. I can look at the data a little bit. I can look at the stats to see if they make any sense or not. If, if you have that ability and you look at the data and you see that it's wrong, wrong, and then it's wrong. Then you stop trusting these people. That's one. So that's one criteria. Just look if they lied or not. Look if they're trustworthy or not. Two. Most of us are not doctors. Most of us are not epidemiologists. Most of us are not biologists, pharma- pharmacy experts. And, and, and we're not going to go do the research. We're not going to go do the, the, the lab work. We're not, we don't have the knowledge to evaluate many of these claims. So how do you evaluate the claims? Well, you look for people you trust. So let's take the COVID vaccine. I know a lot of doctors, a lot of doctors, uh, partially because I come from a family of doctors. My father's a doctor. My, uh, my uh, um, father's doctors have cousins who are doctors. I have a niece who's a doctor. Um, I'm missing doctors. Anyway, my father has, uh, most of my father's friends are doctors. So I've, I've hung around doctors since I was a kid. I've hung around hospitals since I was a kid. I know doctors, a lot of doctors. And doctors I trust. My dad, you know, his reputation in Israel is, was as one of the best doctors in the country. Not to say he couldn't make mistakes, but I trust my dad as a doctor. So I, I, I have a lot of family who are doctors. Then I have, I have acquaintances and friends who are doctors. A lot of them. Um, people I know. People I'm friendly with. People I'm acquainted with. A lot of doctors all over the place. Then um, I have a lot of doctors. <laughs> I just do. I have, a, I have a concierge doctor in California. I, I, and, and before the concierge, before this doctor, I had a different one, another doctor. I'm talking about medical doctors, right? And then I have a, a doctor here in Puerto Rico. I've, again, I have one now, but during COVID, I had somebody else. Um, and, and all of these doctors are my doctors because I vetted them, because I chose them, because I trust them, because they seem to know what they're talking about, about healthcare. And then the doctors I kind of follow on, like I'm reading a book now by Dr. Peter Atia, who I recommend, but, uh, Dr. Peter Atia, um, on lifespan, which I, I'm still relatively early on in the book, but I, so far, 
Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Sounds really good. A lot of my doctors, like my concierge doctors in California, and, and this doctor, are not, and, and Atia, are not conventional doctors. They're, they're more functional medicine kind of doctors. So I know a lot of doctors, friendly a lot of friends with a lot of doctors, um, friends with, and, 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 and have a lot of family who's doctors. Now, these people, I believe, I trust more than I trust some random doctor who goes online and who says COVID's going to kill you. I mean, uh, COVID vaccines are going to kill you. Because I know, because I've vetted them. And I'm sure you know doctors, you have a doctor, you could check around other doctors. But you find people who know, people with knowledge, who you can trust. It's not easy. I'm in a good situation with regard to doctors because I have a lot of connections. And if I wanted, you know, if, 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 if I get sick with something really bad, I, there's a lot of people I can call to get advice, to figure out what the best treatment is, to, to do all that, who I trust. And of all the doctors I know, of all the doctors I know, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, this, you know, something like that, dozens of doctors I know. There's only one, only one who is skeptical about vaccines. Um, nobody else is. Not a single one of these other doctors are. And about COVID vaccines, not a single one of them. I don't know. My dad has had the vaccine. He's been, I don't know, he's been boosted two, three times. I don't know however many they allow in Israel. Was my dad poisoning himself on purpose? Is he going against his own medical knowledge? Can he not read the medical papers? Does he not know mRNA? Ooh, it's never been tried on humans. Of course it's been tried on humans. Moderna and BioNTech have been trying mRNA vaccines on humans. For years now, they haven't been successful, but they know they don't harm. Are the vaccines risk-free? Of course not. No medication is risk-free. You take Advil, it's not risk-free. You take Tylenol, it's not risk-free. No medication, no medication that you take is risk-free. Are there certain age groups? That uh, where uh, COVID vaccines uh, cause can cause heart problems. Yes, we knew this from relatively early on, and I indeed argued early on that I don't think young people should get vaccines. Certainly not. I don't. I didn't think children should get vaccine, and I think healthy young people probably didn't shouldn't need didn't need the vaccine. I didn't think it was a problem if they got it, but I didn't think they needed it. Why? Because COVID was not a threat to them. Not a significant threat. Uh, by the way, a bigger threat than the vaccine. But not that big of a threat. But, to, you know, and if you look, so that's a second thing. You know, a third thing, if you look, you know, I'll just, I'll just say this is simple. You don't need a degree in statistics for this. If you look at countries, if you look at the, uh, the 10 most vaccinated states in the United States, versus the 10 least vaccinated states in the United States. Just look at that. The 10 states most, vaccine, most vaccinated, highest percentage vaccination, the ones with the least percentage vaccination. And you look at excess deaths, it's not even close. During, you know, COVID and post-COVID, 
the states with the least number of vaccinated people have the most deaths by a lot. I mean, controlled for the size of the population by a lot. It's not even close. It's not even close. So, you know, I, I, I throw up my hands because it is shocking the extent to which people are open, receptive to conspiracy theories. Because, and, and with good reason, we don't trust the, quote, political authorities. All right. But it- hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It doesn't mean if you don't trust the political authorities. I don't trust the political authorities. It doesn't immediately mean that I have to trust the kookiest, craziest nutcase who comes in the corner spouting the latest ridiculous conspiracy theory. You don't trust the political authorities. Search for better authorities. I mean, the right position has always been anti-lockdowns, anti-mandates, pro-vaccines. I mean, it's easy. Why is that so hard for people? That's anti-the political authorities, pro-science. Anti-lockdowns, anti-mandates, pro-vaccines. That's been my position from day one, from day one. It was never for mandates. Now, can private companies mandate? Sure. Private companies can mandate you wear a mask. Private companies can mandate you take a vaccine. But is, is, should the government mandate? Absolutely not. And should companies mandate vaccines? Probably not. It's none of their business. It's mostly, particularly once we discover the vaccines were not very effective at preventing transmission, then it's, why would companies even do that? other than virtue signal. So, but this is a position people can't hold. No, if you're anti-lockdowns and if you're anti-mandates, you must be anti-vaccines. No, I'm not. (sighs) Frustrating, frustrating. So, uh, Jim, no, I, I think the entire field of COVID vaccine uh, excess death, people are dying from the vaccine, is complete nonsense. It is a self-perpetuating money machine for these people. They are lying. They're making stuff up. And I talked about this years ago. I talked about this when, when the first guy showed up on Brett Weinstein calling himself the inventor of uh, the, the discovery, the inventor of mRNA vaccines. And I looked him up and he turned out to be one in a team that had originally done some of the work that would later lead to mRNA vaccines, an inventor of mRNA vaccines, was a completely bogus title. And, and that Brett Weinstein would take him seriously was bizarre. And, and then you read up his bio and you read that he was kicked out of the team and, and he had to leave the whole field and he had to go into medicine because when he, was, he couldn't do any research anymore because he was kicked out. 
and that he was basically a disgruntled employee, a disgruntled somebody who who thought he deserved credit and never got the credit he deserved. Other people got prizes for for the discovery he did not. All of this stuff. When you discover all of that, then yeah, he's just a disgruntled thing, and he's now he's found a way to get back at them, and he's also found a way to make a lot of money by claiming that mRNAs are killing you. mRNA will go down. mRNA vaccines. Because the COVID uh, use is just, I think, the tip of the iceberg of how they're going to be used. It's going to go down as one of the great biotech innovations. It's going to, it's already in the process of radically altering our treatments of cancer. There are a number of mRNA uh, cancer uh, delivery systems and vaccines that are, that, are, that, are, that are having phenomenal results in cancer treatment. And yes, they bear risk. All drugs. All drugs. Any drug that is, uh, that is prescribed, or even over-the-counter drug. I mean, if you've ever read the, the disclaimers, the side effects on pretty much every drug, scary, spooky stuff. Scary, scary, spooky stuff. All right. Uh, so that was that question. God... All right, I'm going to skip Texas. Sorry, um, sorry, James. So I'm going to do, I'll do Texas separate show. It just doesn't, I run out of time. So I, 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 I will take Texas out. So I'm not going to do Texas. I spent too much time on all this other stuff. I will do Texas in a separate show. It deserves a separate show. We'll talk about the value of Texas. Uh, so let me, let me jump to this uh, other question that Jim Wild have because hopefully we can answer this fairly quickly. And then I'll take your super chat. Just relating to the super chat, um, you know, we've got a lot of people watching live, which is great. Um, but let me just uh, let me just um, say that uh, God, what is going on here? What is uh, what is going nuts on me? There we go. All right, so. Um, Super Chat is a way in which you support the show, you make the show possible, you show value for value, you're here, you're enjoying your show, you're hopefully benefiting from it, you're getting something, whatever it is, um, uh, you know, va- trade with me by, by supporting the show through the Super Chat, you can also ask a question, or you can just do a sticker, right now if everybody uh, who's watching live just did $5 in a sticker, we'd blow away the target, and we'd be in great shape, so um, um, uh uh, please consider doing that, $5, $10. Uh, but of course, some of you I know uh, want to ask questions. Questions of $20 and above get priority, $50, $100, uh, even more valued. So please consider doing a $50, $100 question or a $20 question to get us to the target. We're about $470 short. So either do a sticker uh, at whatever level you can, $2 is fine, $5, $10, $20, whatever. Um, it's, um, it, it's a great way to show support. And again, is the show worth a latte is one way to think about it. Um, those of you who don't watch live, who not listening live, please consider supporting the show on a monthly basis uh, with PayPal, youronbookshow.com slash support on Patreon or on Subscribestar, so you can do it there. All right, let's jump into this question. It's about happiness. He says, one of my closest friends is a center lefty who believes in the virtues of mixed economies. In debates about politics and political philosophy, it typically brings up the point that more or less all research shows that on average, people in the mixed economies of European Nordic countries in the Netherlands are the happiest with their lives, and therefore that the middle-of-the-road systems are the best by test. Um, I reply uh, that with the following points. One, 
you're making what we call a, in business a low base comparison. You're comparing versus relatively low values to situations that are even worse. In this case, the countries on hand have traditionally offered relatively high level of civil liberty, uh, which is great, and a moderate level of economic liberty, which is not so great. Uh, their civil liberties often is higher and is pretty much uh, any other area in the world right now, while the economic liberty rates are about, about average versus other Western countries and high versus the rest of the world. These countries actually even do well versus the land of the free, the USA. USA not only does not do better than non European countries, but it does worse. Consider typically the blue states offer a relatively high level of civil freedom, while others, typically the red states, offer a relatively high level of economic freedom. But none of the U.S. states give the people a high level of both civic and economic freedom. And, and what's worse, the trend is in both kinds of states, blue and red, are quickly diminishing. Da, 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 da. B, if those Nordic countries would embrace laissez-faire capitalism and the principles of objectivism and their people, their people's happiness, well-being, and wealth would drama- drastically increase. Having heard uh, your recent podcast about your proponents of statism create, how proponents of statism create resonance for their ideas through pragmatist arguments in the next debate, I will surely include specific anti-pragmatism arguments and label that thinking and behavior as the philosophy of laziness, which it is, anti-idealism and mediocrity. And even its most even of all philosophies, anti-life and anti-reason. All right. Other than the above, how else would you argue against the average happiness as the highest in mixed economy argument? What do you think is wrong or can improve in my reasoning? So a few things. One is every country in the world today, you know, with the exception maybe of North Korea and maybe Cuba, is a mixed economy. All countries are mixed economies. So when you're comparing the happiness of a mixed economy, you're comparing it to what? To other mixed economies. So the first thing to realize is there is no pure laissez-faire. There's no free market anyway. There's the mixed economy here, and there's a mixed economy here, and they're mixed in different ways, and we can measure economic freedom. We can measure other types of, of freedom and liberty, but all of them are mixed. Mixture of socialism, capitalism, mixture of uh, freedom in the social sphere and lack of freedom in the social sphere, depending on the issues, depending on the place. So... You're comparing a bunch of grays. There's no black and white here. And I think that's the point you're trying to get to an A. But it's much starker than that. It's not that the countries that have mixed economies are better. Everybody has a mixed economy. So now take the, the famous studies that show that Scandinavian countries are the happiest in the world. Finland, for example, is the happiest country in the world. I don't know if you've met any Finns ever. I don't think they're the happiest people in the world. Anyway, but every study shows that they're the happiest people in the world. Okay, what can we learn from that? Well, one, how do the studies define happiness? What does happiness actually mean in the studies? Are the studies studies that just ask people if they're happy? Are the studies trying to find proxies for happiness? Are the proxies for happiness that are finding any good? Do they correspond to the kind of happiness that I would consider happiness? My view is on all those counts, the answer is no, 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 no. Most of these studies are measuring life satisfaction. Are you satisfied with your life? Now, one of the reasons Scandinavians are satisfied with their lives is because they're not very ambitious. So life's okay. 
If you don't have big expectations, if you don't want to, I don't know, change the world, make a lot of money, buy a beautiful home, have a great life, I don't know, from whatever. If you're not ambitious, then whatever life throws at you is fine. As long as, as, long as I have food on the table, decent job, I can bicycle to work uh, when it's not too cold to bicycle. And, and, you know, everything's good. Everything's good. Heating's on. Got heating. That's good. I know Finland's not a Scandinavian country. It's a Nordic one. I know, but it's kind of Scandinavia. So we're, we're going we're gonna to include it in Scandinavia. Uh, Denmark. Same thing, Denmark. Happiest people in the world. Well, generally, Danes in America are pretty happy. But in America, people, Danes are dramatically richer. And in America, so, so people say, why are the Nordic countries more happy than Americans? Because Americans are ambitious. Americans want more of, out of life. They, they buy self-help books all the time, and they, they want to achieve. And as a consequence of that desire to achieve, when they don't achieve, they, they, they're not as happy. And even what they do achieve, then they want to achieve more, which is good, which is actually what builds real happiness. Maybe not life contentment and satisfaction in the moment. And that's what you find in Denmark with all, I love Danes, but what you find in Denmark and in Scandinavia is mediocrity. Settling for the average. Settling for just okay. Americans don't settle. Some Americans are not, quote, happy. They're not, quote, satisfied. They always want more. Scandinavians are less anxious because they have a safety net, for example, economically. They're less anxious because they've got a safety net and everything's taken care of. They've got free education, free health care, free this, free that. Americans are more anxious, yeah. But that's because Americans are risk-takers. They're willing to take on risk because they know that with risk comes reward. It's part of what it means to be ambitious. So, again, they self-report greater anxiety because they have greater anxiety, but it's not anxiety you want to not have. It's anxiety that is a consequence of more freedom, more choices, more ambition, more upside. Americans are dramatically richer than Europeans, including Scandinavians and non-Scandinavians like Finland. And Americans with similar genes to those Nordic states have similar life expectancies. Americans are more successful. They have more entrepreneurial enterprises. They are more startups. They are more, I mean, on every level of economic success, America just blows these countries away. So, um, I mean, that to me, is I'm suspicious of, economic, of, of happiness studies, period. And then, even if you, and then if you figure out what exactly they're measuring, they're not actually measuring happiness, not, not in the sense that we mean it. And what they are measuring is something that, yes, if you, if you, if you, if, 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 you, if you're not ambitious to go up the ladder, if, you're ambi- if, if your ambitious stops at just okay, then you're satisfied at just okay. Americans, to their credit, are not. And, and, and that doesn't say anything about freedom. 
Because Americans are not freer in any dramatic way than Scandinavians. At the margins, they are. We have a little bit more economic freedom, a little bit. In some ways, we have less economic freedom. And uh, if you look at the economic freedom indexes, Denmark is often freer than the U.S., listed as freer than the U.S. If you look at social freedoms, we're pretty free, even in the red states, as compared to, you know, one of the things that Europeans don't have is they don't have a First Amendment, so they have hate speech laws. So, um, um, you know, so all of that. Um, so don't dismiss the America as being free, but it's not that much freer than... So people think of America as less affair in those countries as statist, and, and statist is happy. No, we're all just mixtures of... We regulate our businesses. Scandinavia regulates less, taxes more. America taxes less, regulates more. And if you add up all the taxes we pay, federal, state, local, payroll, all of that, we don't pay that much less than the Scandinavians or the Europeans do. So, all right, that's my answer. Hopefully, uh, Jim, that helps you uh, with your friend and, uh, and uh, yeah. All right, Texas, we're going to do another time. Um, thank you, James, for the question. I watched the video. I've got, I've got, I'm not going to, we're not going to watch the video, but um, I, I have got notes on the video and we will be talking about the points the video makes about Texas, but that deserves, as we said, a uh, a whole show on its own. All right, thank you, everybody. This is great. So we've got we've got some good uh, super chat questions. We're still like three hundred and sixty short. So uh, let's do this because I, I see we've got quite a few five two five dollar questions, ten dollar questions. Let's twenty dollar questions from now on. We're already at an hour, so twenty dollars or more questions. $50 or more gets priority. Um, and um, uh, questions on anything. Uh, I mean, uh, you can start with these topics, but questions on anything. And uh, we are going to jump in. I see there's a lot of questions on the topic at hand, COVID vaccines, uh, uh, stuff like that. So we'll definitely, uh, we'll definitely look at those. Um, look at those. All right. So, uh, yeah. If, again, we've got 100 people watching. $4 from each person blows away. So please consider, if, you, if you're not going to do a $20 question or more, please consider doing a sticker for like $5 or $10 or $3 or whatever. And, and, we, can get, and we, can get up to, uh, we can get up there quickly. Okay, um, let's see. Ali, I'm, I'm going to answer Ali's question first because Ali's been waiting patiently from last episode. He asked it at the very last minute just as I was closing up and I didn't see it until I'd already turned off streaming um, so let me start with that one um, so Ali says one of the YouTubers one of the YouTubers just a YouTuber out there um, did some stats on number of Jewish people hosted by Lex Friedman and found that 80% of the people were Jewish uh, Eric Weinstein asked to cancel the YouTuber do you agree with that I and mean, if that's all there is to the story then no of course not just pointing out that people of Jewish descent happen to be the 80% of the people interviewed by Lex Friedman doesn't mean anything. Now, if the guy uh, used that to argue that Lex is, 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 uh, 
is discriminating or that Jews are running the world or that the elders of Zion are trying to take over or anything like that, then that's horrible. I still don't think he should be canceled from YouTube. But, um, yeah, I think he should be condemned if he's expressing anti-Semitic views. But, you know, people often um, give the stat that um, Jews get X number of the Nobel Prizes in science and other Nobel Prizes, way uh, disproportionate um, to, uh, to the percentage in the population. That's not anti-Semitic. That's just factual. It just is. And then you can debate why that is. And, and you know, it's interesting that 80%, if it's true that 80% of the people, Lex Friedman has interviewed are Jewish, it's interesting why that is, but it, it, it to a large extent has to do with the disproportionate number of Jews who are represented and are successful in fields that interest Lex Friedman. And uh, so, and, and look, you know, the, the, the person who did that probably counts me as Jewish. Does that mean anything? I don't really count myself as Jewish. So what, is it, what does it actually mean? So no, I don't think people, you know, I, I, again, YouTube has the right um, to uh, cancel anybody they want. But I, I, something like that doesn't strike me as worthy of cancellation. I think very few things in my social media platform, if I had a platform, would count as worthy of cancellation. Ali, hopefully that answered your question. Feel free to ask a follow-up if, um, if uh, you need to. Um, let's see, Michael for $50. Um, big Pharma, not just saving lives. It makes life so much more comfortable. Absolutely. Whatever discomfort we have, headache, muscle ache, heartburn, hay fever, motion sickness, there's an over-the-counter remedy. Or even better, there's a prescribed remedy. It makes it more comfortable. You know, you, how many people rely on Viagra for sex? I mean, that's cool. That's amazing. So uh, I agree with you completely. Pharma, big Pharma, let me, let me be, state this clear. Big Pharma is heroic. It has to overcome the FDA. It has to overcome conspiracy theories. It has to overcome price controls placed on it by Biden administration, the Bush administration, it has to overcome Medicaid. It has to overcome the vast government regulatory state. Big Pharma's effort on behalf of human life and not just length of life, quality of life, life, the, the, the quality of the life lived, their contribution to this is, is just unbelievable. They're heroes. Heroes. And to argue that COVID, I've said COVID-19, it's not even Big Pharma. It's biotech. And biotech is like, biotech is like this amazing technology that's revolutionizing the world that we're living in as we're living in it. And to diss it like this, to just dismiss it, to ignore it, or to, or to argue against it, or to make them out as villains. Is there cronyism there? Well, of course there's cronyism. The government is constantly threatening big pharma with regulations and controls and, and, um, and uh, new taxes and, and uh, to negotiate, Medicare to negotiate prices, which is just a way to control prices and drive them down. I mean, Big Pharma is amazing. I, 
and I don't understand right and left are so eager to make Big Pharma the villain. The villain. And I, we're the defenders of hating Big Pharma. I'm curious if they're willing to come on and try to defend their hatred of Big Pharma. All right, uh, we're about halfway to our goal, but that's only halfway. So there's still uh, a, a, a lot of room. And uh, again, value for value. Everybody keeps telling me the last few shows have been, shows have been amazing. We have, we've had over 100 people watching live for quite a while now. We should be able to get to 650 today of all days, given how many people are watching. Uh, somebody come in with $100, $200, $300, get us, get us over the hump. Um, it it uh, would be shocking if we had a day with stable over 100 people watching and uh, couldn't get to our target. Ali says, second question by Ali, uh, talking about lie in science, we should bring string theory. I watched a debate between Miko Kako, a string theory propagandist and Nobel Prize winner, and Sabina, a PhD physics. He was not able to defend his theory. No, I, I mean, I'm not a physicist. I don't, I, I don't have a deep... Um, deep understanding of it um, uh, and um, but it strikes me as wrong and everybody I know who knows physics thinks it's wrong and, and, and it's bad science so it's, it's probably bad science I don't think it's lying I just think it's bad science it's, it's um, it, you know it's a bad methodology in science I, I, I think it's it's too much based on kind of a Popperian uh, methodology. But, but from everything I've seen and heard from people, it's just, it's just not a useful path uh, for science to go through. It's, it's just detached from reality. Thanks, Ali. Uh, okay, friend Harper. I'm listening to how to, make, how to Make Friends and Influence People. If you have read it, what are your thoughts on it? Would you happen to know of any good books about friendship? I don't know about any good books about friendship, and I have not read How to Make Friends and Influence People. I don't know. These are the kind of topics I don't read books about. I mean, I go out and... and um, Ali says, Miko Kako is not a Nobel Prize winner. I thought in the question you said he was. Um, but anyway... Um, yeah, I mean, I think I don't. I I, I, I don't think uh, string theory is legit. Oh, the guy debated him was a Nobel Prize winner, and who? So who? Who won the debate? Who won the debate? Was it Miko won the debate or the other guy? I I do not know any good books about friendship or have strong opinions about. Oh, uh, I haven't read How to Make Friends uh, and so on. Uh, Michael says it's a good book for salespeople. Quite likely, given that I've never been a salesperson, although I've, I've raised money, and that's kind of a salesperson, so you could argue I have been. Uh, Frank says, Frank Rockefeller, doesn't environmentalism in a welfare state regard God in a deistic sense and government is its helping hand, thereby replacing the invisible hand of the market? Thoughts on that idea? Um, I don't know that environmentalism, I think environmentalism has some kind of concept of God, uh, but, you know, it, it, it's got Gia, it's got Mother Nature, it's got, um, it's got um, 
you know, the intrinsic value of the environment is, in a sense, that overrides all other things, is in a sense placing a god above everything else. Um, I don't know if the welfare state has really a god in a deistic sense. Government is a helping hand, but I I don't see how the welfare state is inherently uh, religious in that sense. Environmentalism clearly is religious. The welfare state is just the application of altruism to politics. It's it's necessitated by altruism. You sacrifice some for others. You help them with their sacrifice. You make sure that the sacrifice is done. Um, They do indeed replace the invisible hand of the market, although I don't like the term invisible hand. I don't like the implication of invisible hand. And, and indeed, in, in, in Adam Smith, he uses the invisible hand in a different sense. Invisible hand is a sense in which the self-interested actions of individuals through the invi- invisible hand lead to social well-being. They, 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 all these egoistic acts erase themselves for a, a kind of a, a collectivistic purpose, which is... Um, which is uh, uh, social well-being, which is what capitalism, Adam Smith believes, leads to. Um, so I, I, I get it on environmentalism. I, I think you're absolutely right that environmentalism is both a religion and it has a deity. It's created a deity. I don't think the welfare state does. I don't know what the deity is there uh, with the welfare state. Government is the servant, no matter what. Government is the servant. Um, government is the instrument of justice, the instrument of morality, and the instrument of God. Um, in, in the, for the environmentalist and the interest of morality for the welfare statists. Thanks, Frank. Really appreciate that. It was $50. That got us much closer to our goal. Thank you, Gail. Really appreciate the support. Uh, all right. Kevin, you're on. Least vaccinated versus most vaccinated may be a correlation without a direct causation. True. Anti-science often results in less health population, less healthy population, obese succumb to COVID at a higher rate. No. Yeah, absolutely. But um, um, it could be that. But it's easy to control for that, right? So you can take two states with similar obesity rates. Uh, one state is more vaccinated. One state is less vaccinated. And, and, and you test those out. None of these are difficult issues. And none of these things are not things that people have done, right? I mean, there's a, there are gazillion studies out there. The, the, the medical literature is filled with post-COVID analysis of the vaccine, of COVID itself, of what's happened. And it's, you know, the, the science is pretty clear. The vaccine saved millions of lives. It created some risks for young people. Probably was unnecessary to vaccinate young people. Certainly was unnecessary to vaccinate children. Uh, but... Vaccines clearly save millions of lives, particularly older lives, particularly of older people. And it's not responsible for excess deaths anyway. Anyway. In every single country where there are excess deaths, there's a reason for those excess deaths. Part of it is COVID still. People forget that people still get COVID and old people still dying from COVID. Part of it is deaths of despair in the United States. In the UK, a lot of it has to do with the fact that the NHS uh, through COVID was basically stretched to the limit and is functioning today at subpar, has massive labor shortages. One of the reasons for massive immigration, uh, allowing mass immigration into UK is to fill the roles of, of, uh, of people in the NHS. 
but it is under budget. It, it, it's it's it, it's a it's a system that's that's break broken. Sweden has very high rates of vaccination, very high rates of vaccination, and no excess deaths. So, you know, and you can find other countries with the same thing. So, there's a lot going on, and you have to control for all of those things. So, yes, you can't just look at one and the other. There could be confounding factors. It could be, it could, you know, again, correlation is not causation. So, as I said, this was just my casual observation. But you have to be careful of casual observations. I grant you that. But you can test all these things. You can test these hypotheses, and people haven't people do. Why so many people out there, particularly on the right, but also on the kooky left, want to believe the kooks and not the actual medical professionals doing the calculations, doing the evidence? Because one group is on YouTube and the other is not. Why is somebody like Peter Tia or some of the other doctors online who are really interesting and doing breakthrough work and challenging and pushing the envelope on, on a variety of different issues regarding medicine? Why nobody believes them? But they believe the kooks. I mean, if you watch these doctors, they look a little kooky, just like they look a little kooky and they talk a little kooky and they, their whole shtick is, is a marketing shtick. It's not a science shtick. And then they, they, they have, oh, CDC report proves this. And then they, they give you an out-of-context sentence. And they say, see, people are getting, I don't know, this disease because of the vaccinations. Then you go and you actually read the CDC report. That's not what it says at all. It says, the, it says something completely different. And how many times, how many sentences like that do you literally have to go and check and see that they're false before you come to the conclusion that these guys are kooks. They're not worth listening to. They don't know what they're talking about. And ignoring them is best policy. I guess I have to actually go and read everything and prove everything. And, and of course, I have done videos. I've done several videos where I've taken a particular claim and debunked it. Has anybody out there, have you seen, has anybody seen anybody out there debunk my debunking? That would be cool. Somebody debunked my debunking. <laughs> debunk, bunk, bunk. But that would be cool, right? Show me I'm wrong. I mean, Kevin just did that. I appreciate that, Kevin. He, he, he showed me that a statement I made is probably not accurate. And he's right. I can't just take the least and most. I, you have to control for obesity. My guess is if you control for obesity, you get the same result. But you have to control for obesity. You have to do that. For example. So I'm all for sh- you showing me I'm wrong. All for doing that. But it's very rare. Very rare. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, let's see. Linda, thank you. WCZN, uh, first super chat. Thank you from New Zealand. Uh, thank you for the su- first super chat. Really, really appreciate it. And then Wes came in with $100. Thank you, Wes. Uh, really appreciate the support and getting us significantly closer to a target. We're still 180 short. 180 short is just $920 questions. We can do this. $920 questions. There have to be nine people out there who who are willing to put $20 in and have a question. If you don't have a question, you can do a sticker. Kevin also says, do coronaviruses not mutate significantly enough to reduce the effectiveness of the vaccine from host to host? Well, not from host to host, but over time, yes. And that's why the vaccine boosters 
have been adjusted to take into account the mutations. So the vaccine you would get today for COVID, and I'm not suggesting anybody under the age of 75 get a booster, but a booster shot that you get today for COVID is, is different in terms of the immune, the, 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 the protection it gives you than uh, a booster you got a, a year ago or two years ago because they've adjusted the booster shots to the particular um, mutation, the particular virus that exists today. Um, and um, so absolutely, but it doesn't, it doesn't mutate from host to host. It mutates over large populations. It mutates over periods of time. That's why uh, one of the problems with the first vaccine uh, was that when, was it Omnicon or whatever, it came, when it mutated, it became less effective. So they had to come up with a booster that was good for the mutation. But the beauty of it is the scientists on top of it. And, and, and they're completely aware of this and they're constantly trying to improve it. They would love to have a vaccine that covered all the mutations. So if you could figure out which part of the virus was likely to mutate, and attach, and if the, if, the, if the vaccine could attach, disable that part that was not generally mutating, then you could have an all-mutation vaccine. I don't think they have that yet. They're working on it, supposedly. But of course, COVID has mutated into a pretty uh, weak uh, virus, just like the other COVID viruses that caused the flu, the, the, sorry, not the flu, the, the colds, the common cold, uh, the COVID virus will ultimately mutate probably into another common cold, um, which we, we will keep having COVID constantly throughout the years, but it won't be a killer. Even for old people, obese people, or people with diabetes, it, it won't kill as many people as the original COVID did, uh, partially because we're somewhat, we've developed immunity to it through getting it and through the vaccines, and partially because um, it's just getting weaker. Uh, anonymous user, thank you. Really appreciate the support. Um, I recently, re uh, this is Joseph. I recently reread the Romantic Manifesto. Again, I was struck by Ben's many rich psychological insights. Yet, she wasn't a psychologist. Did she consult with Ben on these? In short, how did she verify her psychological insights? I mean, I think, I think she, most of her psychological insights are, are I think, derived from introspection and observing the people around her. She, I think she had this unbelievable mind that could observe people and through introspecting into her own mind, figure out their own psychology and their own motivation and what was driving them. Um, and she had to be able to do that, to be able to write the novels. Any great novelists, novelist, has to be a good psychologist, in a sense. Because what are they doing? They're describing the psychology of characters. They're, they're describing characters. They're telling you what's going on in their head. They're describing how they respond to different things. They're giving you different, to use a Jordan Peterson term, archetypes. But these are psychological. So, I'm sure she was discussing psychology with Nathaniel Brannon, but... Uh, you know, during this period, but she wrote novels before she met Nathaniel Brandon. She wrote The Fountainhead before she met Nathaniel Brandon. And The Fountainhead is a profoundly psychological book. 
I mean, think of Dominique. Where are you going to get Dominique? It's all psychology. Wynand, even, 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 the, even uh, Tui. Deep psychological observations about all of them. So there's no way for her to do that unless she has keen observations. Now, whether she learned psychology for Brandon or whether she taught Brandon psychology is a good open question. I, I happen to think she taught him a lot more than he taught her. But I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but you get her psychological mind from reading her novels. Nathaniel Brandon is not still alive. He died five years ago, something like that. I mean, you can't be... Hugo is a great psychologist. I mean, anybody who's written really good novels, novels that really delve into characters, have to be good psychologists. Not in the sense of treatment, in a sense of observation. And that's the difference between her and, and a psychologist. She's not there to treat, although I'm sure she'd have some good observations about that. She's there to observe, diagnose. Andrew says, I started rewatching YB's Rules for Life Revisited. I was amused that YouTube advertised as related Jordan Peterson's video, Bay Your Cross. Is there a more diametrically opposite rule for life from YB rule than that? Probably not. I should probably, I'm going to look at that. Um, I'm going to look at Bay Your Cross and maybe do a, a, uh, a video um, commenting on that one. Um, because, yes, that is perfect. That is perfect. I will be doing a, a, a video on... Um, a, a, a second video because I've done this before, but this will this will be another one on uh, um, on the seven deadly sins. That also be in opposition to my rules of life. So we'll do the seven deadly sins and why why I'm opposed to the seven deadly sins. Why I think they're not sins for the most part. They're upside down. Stephen Harper would interview Heather McDonald's in a recent debate with Jordan Peterson. She successfully defended the Renaissance and the Enlightenment. Also, she wrote two excellent reviews of Alma Deutsch's music. Yeah, I mean, Heather McDonald is a, is a really interesting, uh, interesting woman. Um, I, can, I, can look into, um, I can look into trying to connect with her um, and figure out what I would interview her on. But um, I haven't seen... Actually, let me copy-paste this because I haven't seen her interviews with... Um, with Jordan Peterson, I think that would be super interesting. Um, her, her, you're saying not interviews, uh, debates with Jordan Peterson. I, I I didn't know those existed. Those sound really really cool. Um, huh? I'll look for that. Thanks, Stephen. Frank says, "Isn't inheritance crucial for the stability and progress of civilization? It does that imply respect for family structure." No, I, I don't think inheritance is crucial for the stability of anything. Uh, the only inheritance that matters is intellectual, that is, knowledge. Civilization is built on the knowledge of the past. We're constantly building layer after layer after layer after layer on the knowledge of the past. Once in a while, we get a genius who accelerates that, and then we keep building on that. And then there's another acceleration with more geniuses, and in every field, so we depend on the scientists of the past, of the thinkers of the past, of the artists of the past, of the philosophers, certainly of the past, 
to build on their knowledge. So that is the only sense inheritance matters. Monetary inheritance doesn't. I mean, if, if, if people gave all their money away to people who are unrelated to them, what difference would it make? The money wouldn't go away. Uh, indeed, arguably, a lot of people are doing that. A lot of the new billionaires don't want to live it to their kids. Um, so, so no, I, I don't think inheritance has much to do with progress of civilization other than this idea of knowledge building on knowledge and you want a continuum of knowledge. You don't want the, the, the chain of knowledge to be broken. All right, only $150 short of our goal. Um, I like numbers asks, hi, thoughts on the Lincoln Project. Is the Lincoln Project kind of the Never Trumper project that was started in 2020 or 2016? I can't remember. Um, I mean, the problem with many of the people in the Lincoln Project is that ultimately gained Democrats. They didn't really stand for anything. They, they hated Trump. I'm all with them on that, 100%. But they didn't represent anything as an alternative to Trump. They don't offer anything positive. And many of them who were Republican became Democrats. Um, some of them are, are, are neocons who I disagree with on most stuff other than our mutual uh, disregard for Trump. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not particularly enthused by people who define themselves in terms of a negative. Right? And that's what I think the Lincoln Project is. Michael says, do Scandinavian, Scandinavian strike you as happy. I don't think anyone's really happy in a Kantian world. Um, no, not particularly. But of course, it's hard to make generalizations. I know individual Scandinavians who are happy. Um, and, and, but it depends on, on their individual philosophy, their individual ambition, their striving. Uh, Scandinavians strike me as content. As, and, and I find the same thing in the Netherlands. They find me as satisfied. They're okay with life. Life is fairly easy for them. And it's, it's, you know, the, the challenge is not that big. Their politics are not that distraught. They, it's just okay. It's okay. And if you're not ambitious, then that's perfect. But if you're ambitious, people who are ambitious leave those countries. Many people are ambitious leave those countries. Hopper Campbell, do status laugh at free market movements trying to stop them? Do they see our resistance as futile? Yeah, I think they do. I think they, they think it's pretty ridiculous. Justin says, RFK Jr. is JFK's nephew. Please respect the Kennedy. I have no respect for Kennedy. JFK was awful, an awful human being and an awful president. Um, his statement, don't ask what, you know, you know, what the country could do for you, but what you can do for your country is, is an exemplification of how bad and horrible he was. Um, it, it's basically, you know, asking you to sacrifice for the state. Um, it, it puts in the state above the individual. So, no, I have no respect for the Kennedys, any of them. Um, uh, I don't like them. Uh, Ayn Rand certainly hated JFK. He thought, she, he thought he was terrible. Uh, worst president in American history up to that point. In her view, I can't even imagine what she would have thought of the more recent presidents. Uh, but, uh, but, yes, no, no, no love or respect for the Kennedys at all. He, he completely screwed up. Cuba, JFK, um, ultimately um, led us to Johnson, who gave us the welfare state, who gave us Medicare. Um, God, I mean, JFK and Johnson were just an awful combination. Um, yeah, you can't respect. I mean, the Kennedys have done nothing to deserve our respect. 
Jacob says, if you understand the mechanism, uh, purpose of aluminum uh, juvens, the ILs activated, the never-ending increase in number of vaccines and doses in first, second year of life, you must consider vaccine possible cause of autism. Um, given I know a lot of people who understand all that, I don't, um, but given that I know a lot of people who understand all that much better than I do, um, and who are you know deep in in the in into the science of it and the biology of it and the epidemiology of it and all that stuff, and they don't think that 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 is what is going on and that's what's causing autism, including people who have children with autism who've researched this inside and out, who don't believe the vaccines caused autism. You know, do I know 100% that that's the case? No, not first-handed, I don't. But but every single person I uh, that I respect, uh, almost every single person I respect um, uh, that has looked at this data came has come to the, exactly the same conclusion, and I have no reason to doubt them. And 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 I'm pretty sure if I went and looked at the studies, I'd come to the same conclusion. But maybe I will, maybe I won't. Do people need to understand objectives and before they can develop the self-esteem to embrace it? Or do people have to really have self-esteem before they read Ayn Rand in order to embrace her? I mean, it's both. You need some level of self-esteem, I think, to be able to embrace her. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's such a big leap. Um, and then, of course, sh- the knowledge you gain from her enhances your self-esteem and helps you build that self-esteem. So I think you have some level and then ever-increasing, and it's a... It's a virtuous circle. The more you learn, uh, the more you learn, then, um, you know, the more you can do. The more, the more self-esteem you can attain. How much of an effect do you expect to have with 34,400 subscribers? I don't know. It depends if my subscribers, depends on my subscribers. Depends on uh, uh, how ambitious they are. Depends how smart they are. Depends on how, uh, uh, you know, uh, how many of them become intellectuals? I, I mean, I take heart in the fact that many of the people who are studying full-time today at the Ayn Rand University, who might be future intellectuals, came to objectivism by being one of my subscribers. So uh, that's all I need, right? If a certain percentage of the 34,000, not that big of a percentage, go on to become objectivist intellectuals, then I'll have a huge effect. If I have 34,000 people who are basically not going to do anything with this material other than maybe improve their own lives, but it, it, are not going to take it out into culture in any way, are not going to become writers, are not going to become speakers, are not going to become intellectuals, are not, not going to influence their friends, are not going to influence anybody else, but just live a slightly better life, then very little effect on the culture. I'll have an effect on some of the 34,000. So it depends on you, not on me. I do what I can. Wesley, thought on the just world fallacy, the just world fallacy, that is people get what they deserve. Some evidence suggests it leads to greater psychological well-being. I, I think there is a sense in which it's a just world. It's not a just world free of accidents, that is, of, of, of things that happen that people don't deserve. It's not uh, a just world in the sense of uh, free of evil that might do horribly unjust things, but overall... I think the world is just overall, big picture, good people have good lives and bad people don't. Um, and, uh, but there are accidents and there are bad people and there are bad circumstances that affect you um, and, and, and uh, that, that throw a wrench into that. So you, you just have to 
you have to understand the world is what it is and there's you have a you have some control over what happens to you but not complete control of what happens to you but in that part that you have control if you do a good job you will live a good life michael texas seems to be more of a freedom spirit orientation than florida not sure why florida ranks higher in terms of economic freedom because it's just economically freer um, there's less regulation texas is very high regulation a lot of licensing laws um, uh, you know, businesses are taxed, I think, more than in Florida. So there's just a lot of, a lot of government intervention in the economy in Texas. More, I mean, more than in Florida and more than in some other states. It's not ranked high in terms of government intervention. It's ranked high in terms of low taxes. Um, our our um, FK Jr. believes CIA killed his father and uncle. All right. Maybe if he become president, he can reel the secret file. You think that'll change his mind? No. I mean, he's a wacko. He's crazy. Fender Hopper says, thanks for making my Twitter feed more valuable. Oh, I, I didn't know I had any impact on your Twitter field. Guys, $120 short. You can make it happen still. Six questions, $20 questions. Come on. Daniel says, when did you begin learning English, Iran? What was your journey like? Love the show as always. I mean, I, I started English from day one. I mean, I, was, I grew up with two languages, English and Hebrew. My parents spoke English at home. I spoke Hebrew outside of the house. So, um, I, you know, every day was a little bit of both. I think at the age of three or four, I told my parents no more English, only Hebrew. And I rebelled um, and I stopped speaking English. But then my parents took me to London and I had to speak English. So I learned English again in London. During the period in London, because I spoke English at home and with friends, I landed up forgetting my Hebrew. So when we got, went back to Israel, I relearned it very quickly, but I had to relearn it. Um, so I've always had English and Hebrew interchangeably. Um, Jennifer, is it possible that the definition of autism has widened in the past century so more people are diagnosed with it? I think that's probably true. But there is something going on with autism. There does seem to be, you could argue that autism was underdiagnosed in the past. So I'm not an expert on this. I don't really know. You could argue both directions, that it was underdiagnosed historically. Autism's always been around. Um, and um, and, and it's just, we're just better at diagnosing it now. Or the diagnosis is expanded. So today we're, we're diagnosing people with autism that shouldn't be diagnosed with autism. Um, or something in the environment is causing the autism. I don't know what it is. I, I, I haven't researched it. I suspect it's a little bit of all. I suspect it's a little bit of everything. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I think the scientists have looked enough at the relationship between autism and vaccines. And there's so many parents with such a clear interest to figure this out that it was so simple as it's the vaccine, stupid. Everybody would know that. And they, and, and they would, you know, they'd figure out either to fix the vaccines, to change the vaccines, to do something to, to eliminate this horror. Daniel, an amazing show yesterday. You're on. Here's to another. Thanks, Daniel. Hopefully this was another. 
Uh, Fang says, economist Stanley Eggerman died. His book claimed slavery was an economic viable ownership, was profitable and agriculture efficient. Was he right? No, he wasn't right. He was absolutely unequivocally wrong about that. Um, slavery was unprofitable, was, was bad economics, um, was bad for agriculture, maybe for agriculture, but then there was no necessity for agriculture. Um, the North was much richer than the South as a consequence, partially why they won the war. Uh, Shazbat, I have heard that autism could be linked to problems with the digestive tract. Have you heard anything about that? No, but, you know, they're linking almost everything to digestive tract right now. You know, the binome, biome in, in, in the guts, the, 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 the balance of the biome, the kind of bacteria that are there, the relative this or that, you know, almost everything is now they're finding some kind of relationship to the biome. So could they find something with autism? But the science is still young. I mean, we, we just don't know. There's so much about the human body we don't know. The biome is just one of those things we're just starting to learn more about and figuring it out. So a lot more is related to the gut than we know and, and still work to be done. All right. Um, thank you, uh, WCZN. Mpoki, uh, Mpoki Popo, something like that. Uh, how should one ideally structure life's goals or values? Family, career, romance, health. Do you believe, do you believe come, what comes first and why most important things one should strongly consider? So, so that's a big question. A big question for like uh, late at night. So I, I'm really going to encourage you to go back, uh, first of all, to read Ayn Rand's uh, ethics, uh, the, the objectivist ethics and the virtue of selfishness. Also, to go back and, and watch my videos on Iran's rules for life, which will discuss a lot of that, um, and, uh, and my videos on, on the virtues. But uh, primarily, I would encourage you to go study Ayn Rand's ethics a little bit. And listen to Landa Peikoff's ethics. So I will just say that you have to create a hierarchy of values. You have to create a hierarchy of what's most important and what's least important. Um, I would say that the most important values are, as, as Ayn Rand talked about it, the cardinal values, the values on which all other values depend, are reason, purpose, and self-esteem. And those are the things you should value above all. And indeed, it's only within the context of reason and the integration of any value into your life and into a, a, a flourishing, successful life can you evaluate family, career, romance, health. Um, now, purpose is, is, is unique here. So your life has to have a purpose and, and that purpose requires you to have a a central, uh, a central purpose, and and that central purpose is likely to be career, and career is likely to be at the center of your life. You're going to spend more time working than anything else you do. You're going to your career is where you're going to get your self esteem from. It's going to it's it's where you're going to get the material values that are going to make it possible for you to survive and to live and to feed your family to the extent that you value your family. So I would say the, the abstract concepts of reason, purpose, and self-esteem and the virtues that are related to that, those are the primary values. And then in the purpose, you've got career, 
which is your organizing value of your life. And then within that, you've got to now evaluate family, chosen family, wife and kids, versus unchosen family, siblings and parents. Well, chosen family, more important than unchosen family. How important is unchosen family? Parents, siblings, depends. Are they good? Are they nice? Do you love them? Do you get, you know, do you enjoy their company? Don't you enjoy their company? But it all has to be within the context of your life, of your flourishing, of whether they are objectively good for you. There's no duty to have a family. There's no duty to love your parents. There's no duty to do all these things. Health, well, you got to be healthy. Life requires that. But how much time do you spend on health and what point in your life? Well, I mean, the, the, the reality is the earlier you start, the easier it is. But, you know, what does that mean? Do you obsess 24-7 about exercise and about diet and about all these things? And do you, do you do marginal things that probably don't have that much of an impact? And on and on and on and on and on. So, I mean, this is real work that you have to do in the context of your life and in the context of what makes you, what is good for you objectively, what is going to allow you to flourish and prosper in your life. But I encourage you to read The Objectives Ethics, to watch uh, Leonard Peikoff's uh, courses on, on the values and the virtues, um, and then on the Iran Book Show to to go, go watch my shows on the virtues and, and watch my shows on the Iran's rules for life. We have like, I don't know, 19, 20 of those. And, and, and in many of those, I talk exactly about these issues. Thank you, uh, Pokey. Bree, oh, by the way, we've reached our goal. Thank you, guys. Fantastic. Um, Bree says, I sent one of my... B shorts to the top B behavior scientist, Tom Seeley, in the world because something was odd. He said it was new behavior, never studied, and we are setting up a study. Can you help with my Nobel speech? Absolutely. <laughs> I'd be happy to. One of, one, of, one of my dreams is that some Nobel Prize winner in the scientist stands up and attributes their success to Ayn Rand's epistemology, right? Ayn Rand's view of, of epistemology. That would be so amazing. So cool. So, so yes, looking forward to that, Brian. Congratulations. That's very exciting. James says, do you think, uh, what do you think about Texas attempting to ban property taxes? Do you think property taxes are necessary for a state? How did states survive without them? No, I think it's fantastic to ban property taxes. I, I, I really hope they do. I, I don't think you should be I don't think you are renting your property from the state, which is basically what property taxes do. But let me just say this. I'll say it now. I think the odds of Texas banning property taxes are close to zero. I think it's very, very, very unlikely that Texas will actually ban property taxes. If they do, wow, that'll be huge. But um, yes, uh, property property taxes in Texas are higher than they are in California um, because of that proposition that passed in the 1970s that capped property taxes. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of property taxes because it basically implies that the government owns your property and therefore you don't have property. Uh, Banning them would be fantastic. And um, they're not necessary. Absolutely not necessary. 
Daniel says, have you ever visited Fresno, California? If so, what did you think? Have you visited Sequoia Forest in California? I'm pretty sure I've driven it through Fresno. Not much. It's, it's middle of agricultural country. There's not much there. It's a little boring. Um, Sequoia Forest is amazing, beautiful. I visited both the big Sequoia National Park in, um, in the center of Texas and the Sequoias in the north of Texas along Route 1 in the north. Amazing, particularly the big Sequoias out in... Oh, those are Redwoods. Sequoia National Park, one of the most beautiful places ever and really interesting and fascinating. And I've been there at least twice, maybe, I think three times. I mean, Sequoia National Forest three times. Daniel says, where would you live, Iran, if Puerto Rico did not have its tax status? Where's the closest to coming to live on the mainland? I don't know. I really don't. It really would depend on my tax situation. That is how much money I was making. What were the sources of that money? I still think the best place in the world to live is California. Um, and, you know, I, I, if I had a choice, I, I would live in, in San Diego. I would buy a condo in, in a tall building in downtown San Diego. Uh, that, would be, that would be amazing. I, 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 there's, there's, there's a lot that I love about California that just doesn't exist in Texas, with all due respect to Texas. The weather is a thousand times better, uh, particularly in San Diego. Um, I, I can't go to New Hampshire. It's too cold. Um, uh, and, and, I, and I don't particularly like it. Um, California is incredibly productive. Um, and creative and innovative and, and interesting. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I actually, I, you know, I know, I, you know, California is where Silicon Valley is. It's where San Diego is where the biotech industry is headquartered. And, and it's, a, it's an amazing place in so many regards. It's, you know, the, 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 the uh, you know, going, uh, going, Anyway, it's it's just there's a lot of pluses. If 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 it was somewhere else, I don't know. I guess it would be Austin, Texas. I, I love Austin, Texas. I uh, I don't particularly like the weather, but other than that, but the weather's not that bad uh, most of the year. It's just really really bad in the winter and in the summer. Um, I, I I I so I would probably be in Austin, Texas. I, I would not go to New England and not interested at this point in my life of living in New York. Although I would have liked to twenty years ago, maybe. Um, you know, I'd love to live in, in Oregon or, or Seattle if the weather was better, if, they didn't, if it didn't rain all the time. But I, I don't cho- I'm not going to choose my state based on the politics of the people there. Particularly the old I get, and I'm not going to start a business, and I'm not going to deal with the government in that sense. So taxes matter, but other than that, not a lot more. The people matter, and, and the San Diego people are great. Orange County people are great. Um, but Austin, Austin, Texas, I wouldn't live... I don't think anywhere else in Texas. Yeah, I mean that 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 that's my that's my best guess. I, I mean, but I consider living in Europe. I'd consider living in Lisbon or or in uh, Barcelona or in places like that. So you know, the Iberian Peninsula, the weather's nice. My kind of weather. The people are super friendly. The food is amazing. Um, I don't know Spanish, but I'm already used to not knowing Spanish <laughs> from living in Puerto Rico. Daniel says, have you been to Honolulu, Hawaii? What is your favorite restaurant, blessed places to visit? I have, but it was a long, long time ago. So I don't have a favorite restaurant. I'm sorry. It was before I was a foodie and before I kept track of these things. Um, 
And um, but yeah, Honolulu is very nice. Beaches, beaches, beaches. That's what there is in Honolulu. That's what you got to see. I, I would go out of Honolulu. Go take a road trip out. I think it's uh, out of the island to where the mountains are. There's some beautiful, beautiful places on other parts of the island. It's a shame that people just stay in Honolulu. Rent a car and go driving. It's it's a gorgeous place. Frank says, isn't permission to produce an aspect of altruistic welfare state, and isn't this a symbol of deism, not spoiling God's creation? Well, that's, I think, the environmentalists have that aspect. But I don't think every mixed state is to want permission. I think the permission to produce is a lot about philosopher kings, and philosopher kings don't necessitate a god. Or it could be just control, the need to control people. I don't think that necessitates a deity. And I don't think it's just about not spoiling God's creation. It's, it's more like not doing what, not, not doing um, what I tell you not to do. That is following orders. It's got a lot to do with authoritarianism and a, and a kind of an authoritarian epistemology. James asks, do you eat Texas barbecue? Yes, I love Texas barbecue, my favorite barbecue. Do you have a favorite barbecue? Yeah, Texas. What else do you eat in Texas when visiting? I eat a lot of barbecue. I eat a lot of food. But what do I eat specifically? I don't know. Um, oh, Mexican food. Some really good Mexican restaurants in Austin. Um, steak. Some good steak places. Particularly in Dallas, there's some good steak places. Um, yeah, I mean, meat. <laughs> but um, Mexican, Tex-Mex, but also just Mexican, authentic Mexican. A lot of good Mexican restaurants in Texas. But barbecue, barbecue, barbecue. I love barbecues. Tacos, a lot of good tacos in, uh, in, in Texas. All right, guys, it's late. Two hours in. Thank you. Another another show where we met our target really really appreciate that we're going to have a good month this month um it looks like certainly if we continue on this pace i will see you tomorrow tomorrow morning sometime not sure exactly maybe noon maybe one o'clock so tomorrow afternoon east coast time we'll do a news roundup i will see you then thank you to everybody thank to all the super chatters i hope you enjoyed the show today don't forget to like it before you leave like like the show before you leave we had hundreds of people watching the show but only 76 likes And I don't think that's because people don't like the show. It's because they don't like the show. They don't actually press the button. Press the button. It helps with the algorithm. And, of course, share, share, share. Let people know about the Iran Book Show. Bye, everybody.